the power of forgiveness. Welcome back to Relationships First. It's David Dubay, and I'm excited you're here because today we're talking about the power of forgiveness. Now, we're talking about forgiveness in a different light than we did in the last episode. And if you haven't listened to the last episode, make sure you go back and do that. So, let me ask you a question. You ever said something that as soon as the words left your mouth, you wish you could take them back? I know I have. You ever done something that as soon as you were done doing it, you wish you never started it? I know I have. You ever work with someone that you know or wished you should never have worked with? I know I have. You ever have someone steal money from you? Lots of money. I know I have. There's a lot of things in this life that I wish I could have changed. At least in the moment, I wish I could have changed them. And then what happens after I've done them, they haunt me. And I know of situations that aren't like the ones I just shared that are way more severe. Like the accident that could have been avoided. You ever been in that situation? That accident could totally have been avoided. But it still happened. You know, the situation you didn't have to walk into, but you did. You know, if you were in the right place at the right time, that could have been different. Like I, All these situations I can relate to. The ones I can't are going to battle. And I know, I know some people, some of my friends who've been in service in the military, who've gone into battle, have lost people, and blame themselves for the loss of those people. When there's nothing they could have actually done to change the situation that they're in now. But yet, it still haunts them. And they still blame themselves for the loss of those people. And there's other situations where we blame ourselves for the loss of those people. Four years ago, this month, my brother passed away. 30 days from his 40th birthday, my brother passed away. And there's so many things that could have changed. Like he went to the doctor the month, or earlier in the month, it was like the 13th of October, he, w- he went to the doctor and got a clean bill of health. He, he did a physical for his work. And every year he does a physical for his work. Clean bill of health. But yet my brother passed away from a heart condition he and no one else knew. He didn't know, no one else knew. But yet he passed away because of a heart condition. And he got a clean bill of health. Isn't that crazy? Like had things been different, he'd still be here. I can't change it. You can't change it. No one can. Months before that, that year, so in 20, it was 2018, I lost five people in my life in 2018. The year before, I lost my mother. So five people. One of those was one of my best friends. And he committed suicide. He knew what I did. 
I work with people. I help people. Did he call me? No. What could I have done different? Like so many things go through one's mind about what could have been different to change that situation. But there are reasons I wasn't worried about him. He was in school. He was literally like one month away from getting his new degree. Right? Things were going in a positive direction for him. He was in a relationship with a woman he loved. Every time we talked, he talked about, I can't wait for you to meet her. He's like, you're going to like this girl. Like, that's awesome. Like, so our conversations before that were all positive, but we weren't talking very often because he was so busy with school and with his new relationship. So I was giving him space for those things because nowhere in my mind was he depressed or in a position where he wasn't thinking he was going to take his own life. Could it have been different? Sure could have. Could I have called them? Had conversations with them? Sure could have. Would it have changed the outcome? I have no idea. Could I take the blame for it and be like, it's my fault? Sure. Is it going to do me any good to do that? No. Is it going to serve me? Is it going to give me any, is there any positives that would come up from me doing that? Not at all. But yet, so many people do it. I've been in a car accident. I've been in multiple car accidents. Could I have avoided them? Certainly. Certainly. That day, I could not have gotten in my car. That would have helped. Didn't have to drive in the snow. That would have helped. But the damage is done. Can't change it now. Can I blame myself for it? Sure. I'll take responsibility for my actions. If someone's hit me, they should take responsibility for theirs as well. That's, that's how it works. Now, if it's something I did wrong, the question is, what can I learn from this? So like, good example of this is when you say something you shouldn't say or something you've said that you regret saying, like, I can relate to that. It was quite a few years ago, but I was at a, uh, I was at a gathering of sorts and saw someone I hadn't seen in ages and instantly we're like friends again. I was like, oh, what do you do for work? Like, I haven't seen them or hung out with them since middle school. So we're well out of, out of school altogether. Find out all these cool things about what they're doing. I share with them what I'm doing. Great. Here's the thing. I'm snarky, or at least I can be. And sometimes I'm snarky and sarcastic. The, the problem in this situation was he's not. He's straight-laced, doesn't kind of, he doesn't do word games like I do. And so I said something snarky. It didn't go over well. And the reason is, is because, you know, when you're building a new relationship or one where you're reconnecting with someone, it's been ages. Mind you, middle school, I wasn't snarky and sarcastic and I, I wasn't that witty. As an adult, that's obviously changed and I am. Now, that's me patting myself on the back right now to say I am, but maybe I'm not to you. But the idea is this. 
I was too quick to bring that part of me out when A, he wasn't ready for it. B, it wasn't the right situation for it anyway. And C, it didn't go over well afterwards. And I learned that real quickly. Like as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, whoa, this was the wrong thing to say. But it was done. The damage was instantly done and it destroyed everything that I was building within, you know, the last two or three hours I was around him. I felt awful about it. Felt terrible. In fact, it was eating me up. Like on the way home, I was like, how could you do what? Like I really, I, I messed up. I screwed up. I can't believe it. Now I could allow that to continually erode at me. And I tell myself a story, right? Because in our minds, what we do is we tell ourselves stories all the time. Like I'm a failure. I suck at making friends. This guy who teaches relationship skills sucks at making friends and keeping friends. Boy, that's a good thing. Right? If I tell myself that story, do you think I'm going to do what I'm doing? At least I wouldn't, not for very long, I wouldn't. It would destroy me. It would destroy my career because I'd be believing something that's absolutely not true, all for one circumstance or situation. Let me relate this to several other things. First off, have you ever text the wrong number before. Sent a text message to the wrong number. You ever did that? Did you stop texting after doing that? No, you didn't. You kept texting, didn't you? You ever call the wrong number by accident? Did you stop calling people after that? No, you didn't, did you? You kept calling people. You ever biked before? You ever fallen off your bike? Did you get back on the bike and ride it again? You got back up and rode it, didn't you? Sure did. You ever walked before? You probably then, if you've walked before, you've probably tripped and fallen before too. Did you stop walking after that? No, you didn't, did you? But here's what we do. We walk around and show everyone this wound we have. Maybe we don't even show people. We just focus on the wound. That wound is everything to us. It is our world and it hurts And some people stop walking altogether. They just stop living because that one mistake trumps all other things they've ever done or accomplished in their entire life. They allow that one thing to prevent them from living their lives their fullest because that one thing defines who they are. But it doesn't. It does not define you. It is not who you are. It is a mistake. You are better than the mistake. You are not the mistake. That's not who you are. But so many people live in that idea that they are their mistake. They beat themselves up with their mistake. They swim in it every single day. It becomes who they are. Their identity is that mistake. That's not your identity. That's not who you are at all. Sometimes we allow the world to identify us as that mistake as well. That PTSD or this criminal, he's a criminal. He's a criminal. But imagine all the other things that we identify ourselves with. He's a doctor. He's a criminal. He's a doctor. He's a criminal. We identify ourselves with so many different things. 
I'd prefer the positive over the negative any day of the week, but yet we do it. He's a loser. I'm a loser. We identify with these things. That is not who you are. You aren't the mistake. The mistake does not define you unless you allow it to. We have to learn from those things. So what I did with my friend, who I thought was my friend, but then I screwed that up, I went home, I wrote them an apology, and I sent it to them. A, I don't know if they read it. No idea. But here's the thing. I needed to forgive myself for that transgression, for what I did. My mistake, I needed to rectify it as best I could, and that was the best I could to rectify it. In the last episode, what did the guy do? If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. How did he rectify it in his, in his life? And then what did he gain from that rectification? What did he get from doing that? He got instant transformation in his life. Or at least near instant. It's amazing what these things do. But yet we hold on to them. We keep them as anchors we show them off as if they're like trophies in our lives. Now, it's a part of your story, but your, your story is bigger than that one event, than that one thing that you're holding on to, or those multiple things. You know, having someone steal thousands upon thousands of dollars from you. Do you think that's a good feeling? It's not a good feeling at all. But do you dwell on it? Like, I did for a short time, but then I had to let go of it. Why? Because what am I going to do? What am I going to do about it? So, you have to learn from the situation. I say this and I say this all the time. People get things, but they seldom understand them. There's that part, which is why this is so important. We need to process our emotions and forgive ourselves for holding on to things. It's okay for it to be a part of your story, but it's not who you are. Your mistakes aren't who you are. You define yourself. So do that. Life is a lesson and time is the teacher. It's time to learn self-forgiveness. Part of this is how we measure ourselves in comparison to other people. We often measure ourselves and our lives with a yardstick and we measure other people's lives with a ruler. And we hold ourselves accountably differently than we hold other people's accountable. I know my brother did this. My brother who's no longer with us did this all the time. My brother like lived, he, he, he was, his morals, values were like no one else's. And he, he, he tried to exemplify them as best he could in his life. And when he crossed that line, it hurt him. So like he, you could see the pain in him when he crossed that line. And he helped, my brother held himself to these standards, sometimes that were so high that it was difficult for him to see past them and also to forgive himself. It's time to forgive yourself. Life is way too short to hold on to all of those things. 
And so many of us do it. I'm guilty of it, but I'm also guilty of learning from them. So I want to give you some tools to help you move past these things and to help forgive yourself as well as other people. So the first part is forgiving the situation. Now, if there's another person who transgressed on uh, against you, right? Someone who who's the perpetrator, like you were in an accident and someone hit you, you didn't hit them. It's forgiving them. Right? The first part is to forgive any other parties. The second part is to forgive the situation. And to know that in that moment of that situation, you weren't in control. And it's not your fault for not being in control. Sometimes the universe has its way with us and we have to do with it what we can. So if there's a third party involved or someone else involved, it's forgiving them. Then it's forgiving the situation. And then it's forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself for allowing the situation to have power and authority over you. And then forgiving yourself for holding on to it. But then knowing that that story, it's, it's up to you to whether that story is going to be a part of your life or not. It's how you tell the story. You can tell your story how you want to. That's where you have power. That's where you have authority. So some of the ways to do this is to write it down. So you can write a letter. So similar to what I did with that gentleman, right? I, I wrote him an apology that allowed me to forgive myself and forgive myself of the situation. And then I released that energy with sending it. So sometimes we know who the people are. Sometimes we don't know who the people are. Sometimes we know who they are and we know where to contact them or how to contact them. And sometimes we don't. We know who they are, but we don't know where to send it. So if there's someone else involved it's okay if you write it down and you don't know their name. You can just, you can make up a name for them if you're writing it. If you're imagining it, you can imagine saying a name. Or if you can picture them, you can say as if you're having a conversation with them. And forgive that way. Or apologize that way. But writing it down... If, if you're using paper, put it in an envelope or fold it up into 
thirds. And then if you don't want to send it to anyone, you don't have to, but there should be a ceremony behind it. That ceremony should be you burning it then. If it's something it's okay for them to read and okay for you to send them, it's okay to do that too. But this is allowing you to relieve yourself of the burden by getting it out of you, by putting it onto paper or into email, it allows you to get those emotions out. You are able to process those emotions through the writing. This is powerful. So if you are in a traumatic situation, this doesn't just work for forgiveness. This works for all sorts of of issues that we might have post-traumatic stress disorder around. Writing it out enables you to get it out of you. It enables you to process the emotions of the situation. Often writing the situation as it happened, as you perceive it to have happened, allows you to process all of those emotions. And then forgiving, saying, I forgive in that letter whether it's you or them or the situation, I forgive you of this X, Y, Z. I forgive this situation because in that moment, I was not in control. It's okay to say those things. It's okay to allow that out. It enables you once again to process that. And in doing so, there's what's called catharsis. You have this, these moments where you might break out, break down. Tears streaming from your face, emotion coming out of you. Allow that emotion to go. Allow it to flow. Let it go until it goes no more. It is okay. You will be okay. It is healing. And when you're done writing that letter... Once again, if it's on paper, fold it up. And if you're sending it, like if it's okay for someone to read it, the person who's intended, you can send it to them. If you don't know them or you don't want them to read it, that's also okay. It's okay to forgive them and not tell them. It's okay to forgive yourself in that letter and not tell anyone either. It's okay for all of that. But you should have a ceremony around that situation and then burn that letter. So if you write it on your computer, you can print it out and you can do the same thing. You can then burn it. But there's healing, there's immense healing that comes from doing this. Portions of who you are will become exposed to you after doing this, meaning like Things that you've been suppressing about who you naturally are will start to come out. Your life can begin to change because of doing this. I urge you to do these things. And I'm sharing this because I know I know we need more people to do these things because we need the best version of you. Other people need you and rely on you in their lives. And the better you can be for them, and it's really the better you can be for yourself, the better you can be for them. The more on your game you are, the more on you'll be for them. If this episode was useful and helpful to you, share this out. 
rate this show. Let us know how we're doing. Join our private community. Go to relationships with an S dash first.com. Join our community. We'd love to have you there. There you can get more interaction with me, more one-on-one attention. You can ask questions in the group, get direct feedback, help us curate more episodes of shows. With that being said, I appreciate you. Thanks for being here. You are loved. You deserve so much in this world. And I hope that by participating here, being here more, listening to this and sharing this out with more people, we can help more and more people live better lives, have better relationships, not only with themselves, but with other people. I love you. I'll see you in the next episode. Take care.